Good morning and happy Easter. Our second reading is from 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 8 to 13. Remember Christ Jesus, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal. For the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Good morning and a truly happy Easter to all of you. We had earlier read for the young people's talk Matthew's account of how the two Marys discovered Jesus' tomb being empty that first Easter morning. Something amazing had happened. It had cosmic significance. It was the resurrection from death of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, the second person of the Divine Trinity, and now King of all kings and Lord of all lords. For Matthew later quotes the risen Jesus as saying, this is Matthew 28 verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So that first Easter witnessed the eternal world breaking into time with a supernatural act of transformation and of recreation, a foretaste of what will happen uh, one day when Jesus returns at the end of history as we know it. Yes, Jesus was raised bodily, but his body was now different. It was numerically the same, but qualitatively very different. And this was for real. It was happening in our space and time, but not subject to our space and time. His body was physical, but more than physical. Our reading recorded how Jesus appeared to and greeted the two Marys. Then they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. That's Matthew 27 verse 9. So his body could be touched as uh, Jesus' words to doubting Thomas made abundantly clear. Uh, in John 20 verse 27 we read, Put your finger here, says Jesus, and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. However, this morning I don't want to focus on that gospel narrative, but on our second reading, and 2 Timothy 2 verse 8 especially. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. But first let's pray. Heavenly Father, on this wonderful day when we are encouraged to celebrate the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, will your Holy Spirit speak to us from your word for our good and for Jesus' sake. Amen. And I wanted to look at our passage uh, we had read from 2 Timothy, uh, two verse, chapter 2, verses 8 to 13, under three headings. First, the context. Secondly, the command. And thirdly, the consequence. So first, the context. Let me remind you of the first two verses of our passage, verses 8 and 9. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. 
But two simple questions. One, who is Paul writing for? Well, answer, he's writing to his young friend, um, Timothy, who is the senior minister of the church at uh, Ephesus. And two, from where is he writing? Well, he is, that's so important because he's not writing this letter looking out over the sea from a veranda, uh, of the coastal house of one of the church, rich church members of the church in Rome. No, as we heard, he is writing from prison. Verse nine, suffering bound with chains as a criminal. And Paul is facing his second trial, which will probably bring with it a death sentence. But is he depressed? Remarkably, no. Humanly frightened, I suspect, but not depressed, for he's focusing on the positive. He knows that while he is bound with chains as a criminal, the word of God is not bound. He knows the authorities can uh, restrain and destroy the messenger, but not the message. And most importantly of all, he has a wonderful hope of heaven. If you've got a Bible, you might uh, turn to chapter 4, um, chapters 4, verses 6 to 8, where Paul writes this. For I am ready already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. For many today in the 21st century in UK, it's hard to believe that someone could really look forward to death like that. Yes, they can believe that some wish for death more than life when uh, facing uh, life is uh, pain, painful and death is better. But it's not a positive welcoming of death. Sadly, some we know some atheists just resign themselves uh, to death, thinking that it's a night of nothingness, to quote Bertrand Russell, a famous uh, 20th century atheist. And Stephen Hawking, who died uh, more recently and likening a dead person or their brain to a broken computer, wrote, There is no heaven or afterlife for broken down computers. That is a fairy story for people afraid of the dark. But contrast that with Paul, who had met uh, miraculously the risen Jesus. He genuinely believes, this is Philippians 1 verse 23, to depart, that to depart and be with Christ is far better. And this is the resurrection hope Christians still have. When I think of Paul and his attitude to death, I'm always reminded of one of the most moving funerals I have uh, ever witnessed. I was a curate in Leeds, and it was a young man. He'd been travelling back uh, home on a Friday night to Leeds from the northeast, when uh, down the A1, when a lorry uh, coming in the opposite direction burst a tyre, and somehow it came across and crashed into him and took his car right off the road, and he was killed. During the funeral service, his wife, who was only in her 20s, spoke uh, a, few, a few words and told us uh, that before her husband had left home, uh, he'd been preparing his lesson for our Pathfinder class uh, that uh, Sunday morning, uh, the following Sunday morning. And uh, uh, of course, he never gave the lesson, but she discovered his notes uh, on his desk. And the passage he was preparing was this very passage to Timothy for seven to eight. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. 
Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. That young woman believed that was so true for her husband, uh, as well as for Paul. She knew that Christ had abolished death through the gospel of the resurrection and the resurrection not only of Christ, but also of all believers one day. And that is why our second heading, the command of Paul in verse 8, is to remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. It's amazing how Christians can forget or more likely, likely neglect the resurrection. I was in a library once of a distinguished theological seminary in the United States, and I discovered that out of 123,000 volumes, only a few hundred were on the resurrection. And notice what Paul doesn't say here. He doesn't say, remember Jesus Christ, a great teacher or example to follow. But Paul says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, so the promised Messiah, as preached in my gospel. And what was the gospel that he preached? Well, Paul tells us so clearly in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 5. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve, and of course to others, including uh, Paul himself. So Timothy must preach uh, about sin and the fall and the forgiveness of sins through Christ dying in our place for us. For verse 3 says that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. But that, that only is a half uh, the good news. The other half, which Timothy is warned against forgetting, is that once Jesus has atoned for sins, uh, Paul then says, this is 1 Corinthians 15 verse 4, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to uh, certain followers. And that is so essential, for as you believe in Jesus Christ risen from the dead, new life is possible, as we saw recently in uh, uh, Romans uh, chapter 8 verse 11, which says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, as you open your heart and uh, your will and your mind to him, he who raised Jesus, Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And that is simply to echo the apostle Peter of the day of Pentecost just after Christ's ascension. For Peter had preached that Jesus had been crucified for our sins, but then he was raised to God's right hand and poured out his Holy Spirit uh, for all who repented. The original words, uh, the original word translated repented, of course, means change your mind. And they, they were uh, then baptized. They took action. The people took action who had repented publicly to commit themselves to Christ. I wonder who watching this service needs to take action this Easter, perhaps for the first time. Uh, lockdown has made you rethink. Perhaps you've been looking at the Bible and thinking about Jesus' resurrection. 
And you've learnt that the Jews in Jesus' day, for example, had courts of law and knew how to weigh evidence. Uh, and they had a rule that, I quote 2 Corinthians 13 verse 1, every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And you've learnt that there are not three, but even four accounts of uh, Jesus' resurrection, all slightly different, but remarkably similar. Also, you may have learnt that uh, in AD 56, that's 20 years after the resurrection, when Paul was writing 1 Corinthians, he tells us that the risen Jesus appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. That's 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6. And you've come to realize that so many of the 500 who were still alive would back up and will back up uh, that, that gospel tradition of the resurrection of Jesus. And therefore, it can't all be fiction. So why not for the first time, if you can, as Paul writes in Romans 10 verse 9, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Or if you want to ask more questions, why not try our new session of Christianity Explored that begins uh, online, uh, uh, I believe, uh, Tuesday the 13th of April. But for all of us, wherever we are on our Christian pilgrimage, Paul is emphatic in his command. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel. And that brings us thirdly to the consequence of obeying that command. Paul tells us that his commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, resulted in suffering. We saw that in verse 9, where he says, for which my gospel, I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal. All believers will find at some point opposition, if not positive, suffering. In 2020, World Watch reckoned that 340 million Christians worldwide experienced high levels of persecution, with 309 million experiencing very high or extreme levels of persecution. And uh, last year, uh, 4,761 uh, were killed for their faith. And we should note the figure for 2019 was not 340, uh, but 260 million. So last year saw an increase of 30% of Christian persecution worldwide. But as we noted already, Paul was positive. While he could say, I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, he could also say, as we heard, but the word of God is not bound. And uh, however, he had written, uh, already uh, written to uh, uh, earlier, the, the Philippian church and uh, writing in uh, chapter, uh, recorded in chapter one, verses 12 to 14, he wrote these words. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Most of the brothers having become, have, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the world, the word without fear. And so Paul now writes positively to Timothy and to us at the end of his life, like this in the last verses of our passage, 2 Timothy 2 verses 10 to 14. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, 
that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. However, if we deny him, he also will deny us. If we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Notice those two words in verses 11 and 12, with him. Probably that means if we're united by faith with uh, him, Jesus Christ, and so share in his death, we shall share in his resurrection life, both for now and for eternity. We will also live with him and with the power of his resurrection. And if we remain firm and endure in this life, we shall reign with him one day. But then there is a challenge, for in this life there is a choice. We can ignore, completely forget, or even deny Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, and reject him. But if we deny him, he also will deny us with fearful consequences. And if we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. For God is always true, not only to his promises, but to his warnings. But Easter is so full of hope and great promises. Therefore, to conclude, may we all ourselves remain faithful this Easter by trusting in, and as Paul would say, by remembering Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus, who died to forgive us, is now alive and reigning over all. May your Holy Spirit enable us to live in the light of and to remember that glorious fact for Jesus' sake. Amen.